0: continue to worship the Lord this morning. If you would like prayer, we'd like you to know that we have our elders available to pray with you in the back two corners of the lower level and in the balcony. They would love that opportunity to pray with you today if you have any need. So let's continue to worship the Lord together today. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We praise you all on the altar. Surrendered again Freely I lay down My everything This is my honor The gift that I bring I will be a living sacrifice Oh, my heart and soul To glorify I offer nothing less Than all my life For Jesus Christ I just want to bless My man
1: you Thank you, Jesus, that you are a faithful friend to us. That you're everything we need, Jesus. That you never change, God. Thank you, Jesus, for your constant friendship, your constant advice, your constant presence in our lives. We couldn't do this without you, Lord. We worship you today, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated.
2: We pray for compassion, kindness, and understanding. We pray for unity, hope, and love. And we pray for equity, justice, and mercy. And we pray that you would teach us to see others the way that you see us. Lord, we pray for boldness in our cowardice, we pray for strength in our weakness, and we pray for wisdom in our ignorance, and we pray for wholeness in our brokenness. We pray to speak words of life and not death, words of blessing and not cursing, words of peace and not violence, words of light and not darkness. And we pray for justice to roll on like a river and righteousness like a never-failing stream. As
3: you read those words from Micah chapter 6 verse 8, is to do justice love kindness and to walk humbly with your God today as we continue this weekend celebrating those amazing words that dr. King brought to us as as a memorial that we have a dream and today we're gonna talk a little more about a dream to reach the world the name that Jesus It is declared all around the world, and that's our hope and that's our heartbeat. But today, can we take just another moment and pray and believe God that, you know, we've come a long way, but we still have a long way to go in these United States of America. And let's pray to that end. God, thank you so much that in unity we can cry out for not only justice in our nation and in our world, But, Lord, that we might be united as one nation under God. We submit our hearts to you, Lord Jesus. And we thank you that, God, today we get to walk among those who, Lord, for some uh, may think differently, may talk differently, may look differently. But, Lord, we are one. And Lord, I pray that there would be the increase of love and value, that we value one another, that we love one another, and we see one another through your eyes. God, I thank you for today as we recognize this weekend, the celebration of all that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. did, we also recognize the significant way we need to go, and God, thank you for being with us on the journey and lord as we as we understand better who you are we'll understand better how we can treat one another and i thank you for that in jesus name amen amen do you believe that say amen 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 well i want to take a moment and welcome all those that are here for the very first time if it's your first time here we are so honored that you chose to worship god with us and uh, those watching online for the first time, we're so honored that you chose to worship God with us. Can you take just a moment, give it up for all of our first time guests in the house and online today, welcome. We are so glad you're here. And for those that are here in the building for the very first time, we want to make sure that you feel welcomed. And right after this service, out in our foyer, if you just go out to the foyer and you can turn to your left right before you head out today, you'll see a special guest reception that's been prepared just for you we want to take just a few moments you can meet some of our leadership team some of our pastors and we'd be delighted to give you a free gift just for hanging out with us today and if you'll do us a favor if you'll fill out the connection card that's in the seat pocket in front of you you can exchange that for the gift today or if you're tech savvy you can take out your smartphone use the qr code that's on the screen or you can text D1 text to the number 84576 and we'd be delighted to be able to connect with you And of course, this is a a way we connect with one another. So if you need prayer for any reason, those watching online or here in the building, you can let us know through that. Also, life groups. Uh, We're right now in the process of uh, encouraging life group hosts. We're about ready to launch into our small groups uh, there in the spring and that semester. So we're very excited about that. And you can sign up. Uh, as well right there you can share a testimony of all the good things that god's doing in your life you can sign up for our grow track which is the next steps to get involved in ministry and it's the pathway toward membership but more than that we want to help you to you to find your divine design And so we're going to help you with that in our grow track. And of course, the next best step after you give your life to Jesus is baptism. So if you want to be baptized, we'd be so honored to celebrate that step of faith with you. And then finally, child dedication. Uh, We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to dedicate your child to the Lord. So any of those or one I didn't mention, please go ahead and connect with us through that. We'd be so grateful if you did that. Well, listen, we are right in the middle of our time of uh, every year. We start out the year right with prayer and fasting, and we're going through 14 days of prayer and fasting. And I encourage you, if you've not been joining with us online or specifically through any of our social media outlets, I would encourage you, please do so. We have one of our leaders leading you in a time of prayer and a specific prayer point with a devotional on social media every single day, on YouTube or on Facebook. And we'd be honored if you joined with us every single day in prayer and fasting. Now I will tell you, we've had some amazing times here in the sanctuary from noon to one uh, every single day, Monday through Thursday. We've been joining together right here in the sanctuary. I wanna invite all of you to come back out At least one of those days, if not every day, Monday through Thursday, from noon to one. And if you say, well, Mark, my lunch hour is not that long. Hey, you can come in for 30 minutes. You can come in for 15 minutes. But I'm telling you, you'll be blessed as you walk in and just saturate your life with prayer. And we've been seeing already the answers to prayer uh, through our time of fasting and consecration to the Lord. So uh, I'd invite you to just partner with us in that. And don't forget, next week we're kind of closing out our time of prayer and fasting with a celebration service and we're gonna have a special time of uh, evening prayer and worship that night so uh, next week you don't want to miss that as well well listen it's offering time we get to give unto the lord how many are grateful god's blessed you come on he's been good to you he's been faithful and uh we're not going to pass the plate uh or anything like that but you can see there are five ways to give on the screen And uh, if you've got uh, giving envelopes there in the seat pocket in front of you, if you'd like to uh, give in person, then you can go ahead and worship at the end uh, by placing that in one of our giving boxes on your way out. They're stationed right by each one of the doors there in the balcony as well. But uh, we just want to pray over you and your family. And I will let you know that in, in a few moments at the end of our service, we're going to talk a little more about those cards that were placed in your hands as you walked in. I know many of you are familiar. Once a year, we take the time. To uh, really promote every every service, we promote missions, but specifically our missions emphasis launching into a new year and what we might give above our tithes and offerings to be able to give to missions around the world. And uh, so, I'll let you know that um, those cards at the end of the service are going to be very strategic and important. So hold on to those cards to the end. But uh, let's take a moment and pray over our giving today. Lord, I thank you so much for your faithfulness, your goodness, your blessing upon our lives. And God, we can't thank you enough for the strategy of the kingdom's giving that you said you give back to us, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. You give above and beyond what we could ever ask, think, or imagine that as we pour out, Lord, you pour in. And I thank you for that. Now, God, I speak a strategic blessing to overtake each one. Lord, I pray family blessing blessings on households and on children and parents and on their relationship on marriages god on on families i pray in jesus name lord for jobs to those who need or desire them god for business leaders and business owners god i thank you for strategic blessings to overtake their businesses god i thank you so much that you, you've poured out your life for us and now we get the opportunity and the responsibility to take part in partnership to winning the world through our giving. Thank you so much for the opportunity that we get to give. In Jesus' name we pray it all. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you as you give and we will continue to believe God for blessing to overtake your household as you pour back in of the resources God's provided to you. You know, we're one of the greatest nations in the world, and we are far more blessed financially than just about any other nation on planet Earth. As a matter of fact, if you have a roof over your head, clean drinking water, if if you have the opportunity for a meal today, you're more blessed than the majority of our world. And we've been talking about the significance of missions and how we want to reach the world from right here in Dothan. And I can't think of a better man, pastor, leader, evangelist. You know, he's worn so many hats over the years. I hardly know what to call you anymore. He's been the National Men's Director and overseeing Light for the Lost. He's been our National Youth Director overseeing Speed the Light and so many missions around the world. Uh the partnership... That we have with this man and uh green and rayleigh organization is such an honor and a privilege but he and pam have served their entire lives to see the kingdom of God advance. They have truly been what I would call kingdom builders. They're not building their own kingdom. They're building Jesus' kingdom. And and I just, I want to tell you, Tom, I'm so honored to be able to turn this pulpit, this platform over to you today as you share your heart. I want you to stand to your feet and give a huge round of applause to Tom Green as he comes. Come on, give it up for him.
4: Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much. My goodness, you may be seated for just a moment, okay? I, Pastor, thank you for that kind introduction. I don't mind telling you by the time he got to that last part and said Tom has been doing this his entire life. Did anybody else in the room think that sounds like a long time? And uh, you know what? It is. I had a pastor introduce me a few weeks ago, and he went through this long list. Tom has been this, has been this, has been this. And I just responded and said, evidently, I'm the biggest has-been in the Assemblies of God. So anyway, it's just a sign that you've lived a long time. But it's great to be with you at Dothan First. It's good to be back at Dothan First. This has been an opportunity through the years to be able to make friendships. I would get myself in big trouble if I just started going around the room thanking everybody that I know personally. But you know what's exciting? most of the people i don't think i've ever seen you in my life that's a sign of a growing church that's a sign of god's blessing and you're a part of something exciting but it's good to be with pastor mark and michelle and i got to hang out with them and griffin last night and we just got the whole world straightened out in a couple of hours there it was absolutely fantastic these are great friends i know that you are in good hands god has smiled on you with great leadership through the years and we just say thank you for what he's doing now and I'm committed to the fact that the best is yet to come. It really is. And uh, I, I, I'm taking my own time, but I've got to stop for just a moment and say how blessed I am to have my good friends, Wayne and Kathy Benson, in the service this morning. I know uh, they're in demand across the nation, and, uh, and so to have them here is probably just a, a good blessing on my part. So thank you so much. We've had the honor of serving uh, together in, in a few capacities along the way, and I can tell you this. The wisdom that this person has poured into my life. Dothan First, you've been that for many, many years. Murray and Martha Kelly have been a blessing to us personally as friends and leaders and advisors through the years. And so thank you for the way that you bless uh, the ministry that God has given to all of us. We're grateful. Take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to the fifth chapter of the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter Number five. Now I told you you were going to be sitting for just a moment because I'm going to ask you to sit again. We'll do some uh, calisthenics here, okay? Because I believe in standing as we honor the reading of God's word. So if you'll stand with me right now, we'll go to the fifth chapter of the book of Matthew and uh, go to the uh, 43rd verse. And as you're turning to that, or as you're going to your Bible app or any number of things, right there, I I made a huge mistake one Sunday. Our purpose was the fire Bible. And the pastor said, Tom, I want you to come and challenge the people to give $10 for every Bible they own. Well, that was a pretty easy challenge. I thought I had done my homework. I knew what my commitment was going to be. My wife and I counted 27 Bibles that were in our home that were our personal possession. We're kind of the too-much-is-given crowd thought I had done my homework. And then I said, as a matter of fact, some people in this room have more than you know. And I pulled out this little piece of plastic. I pulled up a Bible app. I looked down, and I realized that in that one Bible app, I had 189 copies of God's Word in a number of different languages and translations. And what that meant is my commitment really changed that day. Today, when we talk about faith promises, it took faith because I knew I was going to have to explain to my wife when I got home what we had done. But you know What? God provided. He always does when we commit ourselves to what he is challenging us to do. So we're going to be talking about that for a little bit today. Why is that so very important? Because the words we're getting ready to read to you, if you've got a printed word in front of you, I want you to notice it's splashed with red ink. That is not the friend to every business person in this house. You don't like red ink. I love red ink when it comes to God's word. The reason I want to emphasize that. If I said these words, you wouldn't like me. If I said these words, you'd tell me I'm out of my mind. These are the words of Jesus that are just as real today as they were some 2,000 years ago. Verse number 43, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you that you may be sons of your father in heaven for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust and if you love those who love you what reward have you do not even the tax collectors do the same and if you greet your brethren only what do you do more than others that's the question I'd like for us to focus on for these next few minutes what do you do more than others Jesus thank you again what a blessing it is to be gathered in your house what a blessing it is to be in your presence Lord we take for granted what so many people in this world have never experienced for the first time in their lives to hold this love letter from heaven in our hands to come into your presence to hear your word preached Lord to be able to worship you and freedom in a nation that you've, you've you've blessed us with Lord we thank you for that would you help us to understand truly we are To whom much is given and let us hear from you today as we leave this place let us know that we've heard from you and we had the courage the boldness and the faith to follow your direction it's in your name we pray amen amen you may be seated i had the blessing this past week to be invited by the district superintendent of my home state of oklahoma i served there for 12 years as a district youth director as they say back in the day it was almost 100 youth camps, retreats, different to conferences that we hosted through those years. And there were some amazing memories that happened as I walked the hills of a camp. It's not even our camp any longer, but he borrowed it, and we went there for a prayer retreat. While there in the open-air tabernacle, my mind went back to a story that I had already prepared to share with you today, but I relived it under the covering of that, uh, that tin roof. It was a number of years ago that I had an invited guest that was speaking for me at a youth camp, a missionary by the name of David Grant. David Grant is very well known, not only around the world, but certainly in the southeast. David Grant is an amazing hero of mine. You can't be around David Grant for 10 minutes without feeling the call of God to be a missionary to India. I invited him to come every year, whether it was a youth camp or a youth convention or a youth workers conference. I wanted the passion of that man for the lost people of the world to be a part of the DNA of my students and the leaders that uh, were there every time that we gathered. We had had that night what I would consider to be, well, we commonly refer to it as a typical youth camp service. I'm I'm convinced that only in youth camps and kids camps you could preach on toothpaste and have a great altar time. We had had such. It was well past midnight. I'm thinking I've got to excuse everybody. Why? Because as the camp director, it's my responsibility to get them over to the concession stand so we can fill them with sugar and pop and everything else for the next, and then run them to the rooms and say, go right to sleep. Because we've got to get up at seven and do it again. Yeah, I was nuts. I would do things a little differently now, but I can't do it over. That night, it's past midnight, trying to dismiss the campers. I know we're trying to be good stewards of time as well. And my friend David Grant raises his hand, and he looked at me, and and Wayne, I think you'd uh, understand this. He said, Tom, could I tell one more story? I'll admit to you, when David Grant looked at me and said, could I tell one more story, I'm thinking, we're going to watch the sun come up here shortly. Why is that? Because one more story was going to take a little bit of time. He shared a story that evening or that morning that I had never heard before. I've never heard him tell it since. I, I love David Grant's stories. I love to hear them again and again. But I, but, but this one was, it was the first, it was the one time only. I have asked his permission to share it with you today and be able to pass it along. Why is that? Because, well, it just fits the, the text of the day so very well. David told the story of being a little boy in Georgia, how that uh, uh, that report card day would roll around and in his words, it wasn't his most happy days uh, of the year. It wasn't something he looked forward to on the calendar this particular day anybody in the room remember the time when those report cards were handed to you it was your responsibility take it home show it to mom and or dad get a signature bring it back the next day and uh, well how many of you had a report card that somehow a dog ate it before you got to the house that day David couldn't wait for his dad to see this report card in his words it was the best ever he ran to his house. This isn't the time when you would walk to school, you know, five miles uphill and in the snow. I don't care if it is in southern Georgia. But anyway, and uh, all that went with that, well, when, when David arrived at his house, got it, answered his prayer. His pastor father got home a little bit early that day. David rushed into the room, thrust that report card in his face, and he could not wait to get all the accolades that were going to come to him because David had shown himself to be such an intelligent and diligent young man. David said that when his father looked at the report card, he didn't even crack a smile. There was nothing on his face that indicated approval. Dad, are you looking at the same report card that I am? And he said, yes, son, I am. He said, I'm a little bit troubled about this report card. There's not one A and there's not one B on this report card, son. To which David quickly replied, well, dad, and there's not one D and there's not one F. He said, I don't remember ever having a report card to that point that didn't have at least one D and one F. Well, Dr. David Grant now, but as a child, well, he just probably wasn't quite as committed to the studies. His father looked at him and he said, son, there's nothing but C's on this report card. Do you understand what the letter C stands for? You understand what it is? David gave the immediate response. Word average. To which his father quickly replied, Average? Average? Did I bring you into this world so you could be average? Well, thank God, that hero of the faith, there's nothing about him that's average to this day. Something must have clicked. Something caught on fire. Why do I share a goofy story about a kid in southern Georgia who uh, was so excited because he didn't have one D and not one F on that report card? And Dad, Well, it's pretty simple because, you see, I happen to believe with all of my heart that when Jesus stood before the masses and shared all those many words that we read in that fifth chapter of Matthew and comes toward the end of that conversation, conversation, I really believe that in a very same sense, Jesus looked to his new followers and very basically said to them, well, not just what do you do more than others? He could have just as easily said, average. Did I bring you into this world so you could be average? You see, we love to point our fingers at everybody else, but I do better than them, and I, I'm as good as them, and I'm, a, I, I'm as appropriate as anybody else, and I do, I do the right things. I'm a, I'm a pretty good guy. And, and, uh, but, but, you know, that day, Jesus is standing before not only his new followers, but there were also those that are of re, were of religion that had many years gone by. And, and uh, I've got a feeling there's probably a little bit of debate going on with this man that they'd, many of them had never seen before, and he's de- getting into their personal world, and it's just not going well. And, and then when Jesus steps forward and says, love those that love you. No, 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 no. Love those that hate you as well. Goes through this thing. Remember, this, this is the part where he says, somebody asks you for a coat, give him your cloak also. Somebody asks you to go a mile, give a, go walk another mile. And, and, and Jesus looks at his, ch- at his new children on this planet that, that had just committed to following him. So what do you do more than others? I'm excited today to represent to you that we are a part of a missions movement around the world that started 108 years ago in a little rented opera house in Hot Springs, Arkansas. What was 300 new Spirit-filled people? Well, most of them were unemployed preachers. They had been kicked out of their churches because what had happened in their personal life, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. They committed themselves to four days of a prayer meeting that turned into a a business session that later turned into the beginnings of what we now know as the Assemblies of God, known as a missions movement from its very beginning. The purpose was we could do together what we couldn't do separately, and we... uh, can send missionaries around the world and we can raise up a generation. And six months later, they penned these words. They they very simply said, we commit ourselves to the greatest evangelism that the world has ever known. Folks, I know what I'm talking about when I say this. These were not the, the, they they weren't millionaires and billionaires. These were not earned doctorates that had gathered there. Like I said, many of them unemployed preachers and pastors and and, uh, missionaries that couldn't raise the necessary funds to, to fulfill God's plan on their life. And then to have the nerve, the audacity to say, we commit ourselves to the greatest evangelism the world has ever known. It almost sounds arrogant when you think about it. My wife discovered several years ago when she was digging into our family tree that uh, there were two people standing in that picture that day, had a little two-year-old toddler in their arms. She discovered that they were my great-grandparents. That little toddler would later be my grandmother. I'd give anything, Pastor, if I could interview them one more time. They've been in heaven for many, many years, but I'd give anything if I could. Did you have any idea what you were talking about when you said we commit ourselves to the greatest evangelism the world has ever known? Do you think they could have possibly imagined that those 300 people would now number more than 300,000 assemblies of God, churches, and preaching points around the world? Do you think they had any idea that those 300 people would someday be more than 30,000? 3500 missionaries scattered in 250 nations and territories around the world do you think it was any even being uh, that 70 million believers would land under the banner of this of this missions movement that's been around a little more than a century i don't know about that well evidently somebody decided that they were going to respond to the words of jesus what do you do more than others well we'll just do everything we can to see that every person on the planet gets to hear the good news of this risen savior Oh, I'm telling you what, do you really believe? Oh, yes, it's an above-average movement. It's an above-average team. You're on the winning team in what God is doing around this world. But before we start patting ourselves on the back and breaking our arms, telling ourselves how good we are, we still have to look to those that are unreached. You know another thing that's too far above average? The number of people on this planet that have never had an adequate presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not even the first time. By conservative estimates, almost 4 billion souls in this world have never heard the simplicity of John 3.16 that we have a God that loved us so much that He sent His only begotten Son. That Son, being God Himself, gave His life on the cross of Calvary. Three days later, rose from the dead. Three days later, moved forward. And because He lives, we can live forever. It's a story that I can tell in less than 30 seconds, and yet in 2,000 years, we've fallen half a world behind in the task. How do we possibly turn that around? Well, I've got exciting news for you today. God is giving people ideas. God is giving missionary heroes the opportunity. He's opening doors that we've never imagined, and we get to be a part of what He's doing in this world today. I met a man several years ago. He was a hero in my life as a child, but I, I didn't know him till well, it was almost 20 years ago now when I first met a missionary hero by the name of George Flattery. I don't have time to go into the depths of the story. This man, he's a guy that's always been ahead of his time. Mid-60s, he was putting together the concept of, uh, of distance education and, and using the, the mail systems around the world to train leaders around the world. They thought he was nuts when he said it, but it, guess what? The m- multiple millions have been enrolled. There are over 2 million students enrolled in that same plan even today, even though much of it is now online and on Kindles and uh, uh, iPads. and it's, it's a different world, but somebody dreamed a dream. It was in 1996 that that same missionary, God gave him another concept. It was the idea of putting together what they referred to as online evangelism. He even got a name for it called Network 211. What's that all about? It was, it's the idea was taking 21st century technology and delivering a first century gospel to people online. Now, you've got to keep this in a proper perspective. January of 1996, you can talk about it. We didn't even know what websites were. You want to talk about a man being ahead of he he knew better he didn't even he didn't share it with anybody but his wife for the next two years evidently god knew what he was doing why is that because in september of 1996 there was this little startup company called google maybe you've heard of it i'm probably the only person in the room that cannot watch television without googling every face on the screen to find out who they are how long they've been around are they still alive I carry my brain in my pocket. We live in such an hour. God placed it in the heart of a missionary to do something that was going to be so far above average. They still thought he was crazy when he said it, but I'm excited to, re- excited to report to you that a ministry that started in the heart of a man more than 25 years ago, a ministry that started that, well, it, there wasn't much room in the brain for it because others hadn't even thought about the opportunity. And just a few weeks ago, Scott, we celebrated more than 50 million people that had received a gospel presentation online with websites in the top 10 languages of the world, being able to present Jesus 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Jesus said this gospel shall be preached to all the world as a witness, and we hold in our hands the opportunity that no other generation has ever had. It's an above average commitment. Today, I'm telling you, I could tell you endless stories of missionary heroes that have committed themselves to go to some of the darkest places on the planet, risking their lives, risking their families, risking their own personal freedom to do what God has called us to do. Today, we celebrate the fact that Dothan First has been for many years, continues to do so, and committed to the greater task than ever of providing for every missionary you can put your hands on, helping them to go on a monthly basis and do what God has called us to do. And, And it's an amazing thing. And I I just wish you knew the commitment, the above average missionary heroes that you support through your hands, through your giving on a monthly basis. I stood on a platform in Cleburne, Texas about three years ago. That Sunday morning, the pastor had invited three other missionary uh, families to come and, and just share a quick uh, uh, two-minute testimony and t- presentation of what God was doing through their ministry. And I, I'm going to tell you, I, I felt, never felt more unworthy in my life because he gave me the 30-minute window, and there are these that, that had the, the, the real story that were in their hands. I say families. That day there were two families, and there was a young lady who stood proximity right about in this area right here. Now, she looked like a teenager to me, but I'm at the age they all look like my grandkids. She began telling her story of how God had spoken to her in a youth camp altar that she would be spending her life for the rest of her life in the Middle East. I can't call her name publicly. I can't tell you what nation she was committed to. As a matter of fact, she couldn't tell me the whole story. Why? Because it's a matter of security. and, And she didn't say it, but I really felt like if I tell you, I'll have to kill you. That day, I saw tears rolling down her cheeks as she told how that God was helping her to raise the necessary funds, and she broke a little bit, I've seen this how many times before, Pastor Mark. You get the calls on a daily basis from missionaries that are just trusting God to get the finances together. Dothan, first, you're on you're on every missionary's top five list. I promise the calls and 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 appeals. There's there's emails that come that man's direction every day. There's people that stop by and knock on a door, and there's text messages. Right, would you help us pr- purchase this piece of property here? And we've got an opportunity here, and would you? It, it, it's on and on, and quite frankly, it always comes down to so how we're going to pay for it. And they call people like your pastor because why they know they can count on Dothan first but when she was sharing that there was something inside me that wanted to cash everything I had and give it all away and send her and then again there was another part of me that didn't want her to go at all as she shared that for the next years and perhaps the rest of her life she was quote excited because she was going to be living under the covering of an Islamic burqa with only the eyes showing, walking the communities of where God had called her to go. I know the risk. You know the risk. We see it daily on their newscast. There's something in this old man that wanted to go over there and give her a a good fatherly hug and say, "Uh, sweetheart, you don't need to do this. There's more to life than this. You'll be risking your life on a daily basis. But my goodness, I would I might as well tell her she could never go to heaven than to tell her that she couldn't do what God had created her to do. There was a twinkle in her eye. She didn't want to be on a platform in Cleveland, Texas. She wanted to be in the homes and the coffee shops and with the neighborhoods of that particular nation that most of us would be scared to death to even land on a plane there. That's above average. How does all of this come about? How how do we help pastor and the leadership team of this church to be able to say yes? I don't mind telling you my goal today is that this is the beginning of the greatest year in the history of Dothan First Assembly. That there will be more money given to missions this year. There will be more projects underwritten. There will be more missionaries taken on to provide for on a monthly basis. It will be of historical significance. Why is that? Well, because it always comes down to this. Somebody's got to pay the bills. And the reality is, well, you looked at that person in the mirror this morning. Say what? Oh, this is where the preacher's going to start talking about money. And I hate it when preachers talk about money. I do too. So let me put your mind at ease. That's all I'm going to talk about in the remaining moments of this service. Because why? The missionary can't get on a plane to go to the other side of the planet just because they got faith in their back pocket. Missionaries can't provide for their children. They can't provide the education, the food, the shelter, all the things that are necessary to be where God has called them to be. Their administrative expenses, there's all that goes with it. There's the expenses of that crusade and the training and on and on. It all comes down to the fact that somebody's going to need to respond. Well, that's, that's where, I don't mind telling you, this isn't a have to, this is the get to of Christianity. This is the get to of my faith. Pastor John Piper put it this way. He said, when when you're a follower of Jesus Christ, as it relates to the Great Commission, remember the words of Jesus? Go into all the world, take the gospel to every creature. Let me tell you something. That that mandate right there, that, that is so far above average. Every creature, every person, every one of the eight billion on this planet. Pastor Piper said, when it comes to that, well... Every follower of Jesus has one of three choices. You either go, you send, or you disobey. Oh, Pastor Wayne, you've got to help me. Can, can you imagine? I, I have no purpose. to how, how could I ever possibly debate a man like John Piper? But I disagree with a part of that statement. Say what? You see, I don't believe that a follower of Jesus Christ has an option called disobedience. Those two don't seem to believe. I I know what he said. I know what he meant. I'm, I'm I'm not rebuking that. Don't misunderstand me. But the reality is, we've got one of two choices. If you're a true follower of Jesus, if you're going to do what the Master has commanded us to do, you either go or you sin. Most of us in this room fall in the sin category. I get embarrassed sometimes when I walk into a service like this and a pastor introduces me as our guest missionary today. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not worthy to, I'm not worthy to touch their shoes. Are you kidding me? I settled it a long time ago. It's not God's call on my life. I've been on a lot of missions trips. I love every missions trip I've ever gone on, but I'm a spoiled, rotten American. My favorite part of every missions trip I've ever taken is when I get off a plane and it says, welcome to the United States of America. But I do get to fulfill the call of God on my life and challenge you in the call of every one of us Then we get to be the senders. We've got we've got the easy part, but we've also got a, a great responsibility in that Few minutes pastor is going to come and lead us in what I really believe to be perhaps the most sacred moments in the history of any church in the, in the annual calendar of such. We celebrate Christmas, but to, to take the gift of God that comes in a manger and into our lives and never tell anybody else why He did and what that per, is. I mean, you think about it our God sent His only begotten Son as a missionary to a foreign world. That's a pretty above average, God. To not take that and then say, you know what, I'll do the part that I can, I, I. in a few minutes, we're going to take that faith promise card that's been placed in your hands, It's going, will be placed in your hands, and, and we're, we're going to consider what God would challenge us to do and over the coming year. And there's something inside me that says 2023 is going to be not only the greatest year for others, but it's got, it's got to be the greatest year in our lives. My wife and I have committed ourselves to the fact that we're going to give more to missions than we've ever given. I shared my final story a, a couple of weeks ago in one of our churches, and, and uh, I'll, I'll get to that as I close, but, but I had an older gentleman. Now, I've got to be, when, when I refer to somebody as an older gentleman, they must be really old. He said, Brother Tom, i got to tell you, if you had told me that story 50 years ago, I wouldn't have believed it. But God's brought it about in my life. He said, my wife and I, when we first got involved in giving to missions, we thought we were really doing something because, well, we're going to pitch in a couple of dollars a week. That was over 50 years ago. Then we decided, well, we're going to put it, we're going to make it 2% of our income. And then we went to 5% of our income. And then we went to 10% of our income beyond our, now the tithe, that first 10% belongs to the local church. Mark, when I led the ministry of Speed the Light, I would always challenge students, don't you dare give your tithe to Speed the Light. We don't want missionaries driving stolen vehicles. So your faith promise for missions today isn't a portion of your tithe. No, 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 no. We don't redirect those funds. That belongs to the local church. He then looked at me, and boy, he had no idea how much he was preaching to me personally. He said, we've committed ourselves. And he said, I'm so excited. He said, we're well into our retirement years. And we went to 20% and then 30%. And he said, this past year, my wife and I gave over 50% of our income to missions. You know what you know how that got me so excited because I, i'm i'm to that stage in life i'm i got to prepare i got I, I waited too late i've got to prepare for retirement i got to prepare for stuff. i got to no, and, and all of, and but my you know what my greatest fear it's not that i'm going to be not going to be able to pay the bills or we're not going to have a roof over the head there's not going to be food on the table my greatest concern is the day may come when i won't be able to give as much that man gave me something to choose to shoot for No, 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 there's more mountains to climb. I close with this. Some may have even heard me tell the story because I've had the blessing of being here several times before, but it's just appropriate. Pam and I were serving as youth pastors. Well, back in the day, we weren't youth pastors. You were associate pastors. This is like 45 years ago when we first went to Woodward, Oklahoma. That's right, I was the first seven-year-old youth pastor in America. You can do the math. I've been raised in church, been in it all my life. That particular Sunday morning, the pastor, I had never heard the concept of a faith promise, however. We would always just receive an offering for missionaries. Some people would commit out of their own funds directly to a missionary, but I'd never heard the concept of a faith promise, that being a, a weekly or a monthly commitment that goes through the church, and then the church is in a position to be able to respond to those opportunities, those needs, the things that, that come along. And uh, that's what Kingdom Builders is all about. It's, a, it's the church as a whole doing an amazing work around the world and committing ourselves to the task. He put a card in our hands that day. He began describing to us what is called a faith promise. He gave us a simple definition, and I'll be honest with you, if you've ever heard me preach on missions, I've used that definition now for decades. I can't get past it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. What you write on the card today is not based on what you have. It's not based on what you can afford. It's not even based on what we've given in the past. It's based on what God is speaking to our hearts to do over this coming year promise part as he provides it I'll give it it was that simple we didn't have a fancy card in our hands he put index cards in our hands call it a faith promise said write your name across the top and we're going to believe God to give you a a goal for the the next year we bowed our heads he said whatever Jesus says to you be prepared to write it down now he gave us advice that I can't prove to you scripturally but boy it's worked for us for a long time he said I've discovered that usually the first number I get is God's number he's right because usually the first number that comes in my head leads me into negotiations but God you don't understand we don't have uh, that much but God you don't understand we've got payments to make and we've got bills and i got a car to buy and i got children to feed and I've got a school to pay for and on and on I, it's like God has no idea of our personal finances so I have to help him God spoke to my heart and said write down the number 50 you got to remember, this is mid-70s. 50 may not be that significant to you, but it was huge to us. After all, we, we were making a lot of money. We were knocking down $500 a month. But that's where the negotiations came in. I quickly realized that God was confused. 50 was my tithe. And so I had to explain it to him. I couldn't get that 50 out of my head. Finally turned to my wife. I said, sweetheart, what's God saying to you? she very quietly looked at me and said you're the man of the house she had never said those words to me in my life now that i think about it mark she's never said it to me since i told her the number and she was so sweet when she said well that's exactly what i was thinking i just didn't know if you could figure it out we wrote it down it took miracles i don't mind telling you but god helped us through their years, we found it pretty well. Yeah, that, that, that same additional 10%, the first 10%, that's not, that's not negotiable. That belongs to God. That's my tithe. But from that point forward, we just started setting aside an additional 10%. One day, she looked at me, and she said, I hope it's all right with you, but we've started a new account. She calls it the Jesus account. Every dime goes into that Jesus account, but we just sweep it over every check. Another. Now, I'm not saying that to be boastful. That's what God spoke to our hearts to do. Until I met Dick and Catherine in Russellville, Arkansas. When he looked at me and said, in our retirement, we're giving more than 50% of our income every year. Wouldn't you know that the very next week, God would start burning in my spirit the message that I've shared with you today? Average? Did I bring you into this world so you could be average? I don't think he asked us, what do you do more than others so we could be in a comparison? And I gave more than you and I gave... No, no, no. It's not a matter of that. There are people in the room who can do more. There are people in the room that that $2 a week will be the first step of your life toward an amazing financial relationship that God provides. But what I've personally discovered And I'm not telling you, you give and you're going to get this new car. Nope, that's not it. It's simply fulfilling the challenge of a Savior that didn't stop short of giving His life for us. That was not a faith promise. But today, faith, the substance of things hoped for, the exciting thing is... You could fill the card out for $1,000 a week. Nobody from this church will ever call you and say, but you said, and this is your commitment, it's a pledge. No, it's not a pledge. It's a faith promise between you and Jesus. Jesus, as pastor, comes today to lead us not only in a sacred moment in the life of Dothan First Assembly, but Lord, perhaps a radical life-changing moment in our own family, in my own life, in my personal finances not about what the preacher said today it's about what you're saying to our hearts hear us to hear from you so others can hear about you and Lord give us the courage to follow your words Mary said it best whatever he says to you do it
3: speak to your servants today Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Lord as we prepare, I'm going to invite the ushers to come, and they can give bring the cards if you did not receive them. And we're going to be setting up a, an illustration that the Lord just gave me as this week as I was preparing. But as the ushers come at this time with the cards, uh, and if you need a faith promise card, they're going to bring that to you. You just kind of wave at them as they come. And... Um, uh, Pastor Carl, if you'll just verify uh, with our ushers uh, that they're going to be uh, bringing those, that would be great. But as as we prepare, I just want to let you know our, our kids, our, our children, the youngest uh, members of Dothan First did this very same thing that you're about to do. They put forth a faith promise. Now, I just want you to know, I've received those faith promise cards from the kiddos before and it's really cute i'm just gonna be honest it's really cute it's really sweet there's a few that says you know little johnny says i'm gonna give a million dollars this year he's six and a half years old you know i'm gonna give a billion (laughs) dollars and you know little johnny has a heart to see the lost one to Jesus Christ. Pure and simple. And, and and then there's the ones that say I know what I have in my pocket and that's what I'm going to give. My mama gave me 25 cents, so they write down Twenty-five cents. Ushers, yes, you can go ahead and make your way down to, all the way to the front, and then just hold up those cards. If if anyone needs one of those pledge cards, we'll be sure to get those into your hands. So just make sure that you serve those that maybe didn't get one on the way in. But I was really blessed this time, Tom, as I was reading a few of them, because David said he wanted to give one hundred and eighty dollars this year, and uh, I don't know where David's parents are what so it said on my card i don't know where where his parents are but uh i just want you to know your son is believing god asher said i want to give 150 dollars this year to missions and i don't know where his parents are but i just want to let you know your son is believing god and so as we hold these faith promise cards in our hands and prepare to write down what we feel like god shared with us i i just simply want to show you what the lord showed me as i was praying the lord brought me to this lit, this idea of living water and the living water that jesus talked about he said to the woman at the well if you if you drink this living water you'll never thirst again what was he talking about he wasn't talking about a a well he wasn't talking about clean drinking water. He was he was talking about salvation. And over and over again, the Spirit being poured out was like God was showcasing His love, saying, if you'll just give to build my kingdom, they'll never thirst again. It'll be like that that, that drinking water that never runs out. That we pour it out on a dry and thirsty people. And so today... I take the bucket of missionary support that represents our over 60 missionaries around the world that are reaching out to those in need, and they're feeding and clothing, and, but they're providing the most important thing they could give. Beyond the digging of water wells, they're pouring out their faith, and they're saying, I want to be a kingdom builder, and they pour out that water. But they didn't have any water in the bucket, so to speak, without the training and the materials and the supply and the support. They couldn't have got there without Dothan First. And then I take the bucket of the global university where we train pastors and so many pastors around the globe have received support and they've received materials that they could train their churches that they don't have access to without our help and they say thank you Dothan First for pouring out on us so that we could pour out around the world to a dry and thirsty land. The Fire Bible where we've been giving to support the languages that don't yet have a gospel witness if I was just speaking Swahili in this room and I shared John three sixteen, very few of you would understand what I was saying and no one would be changed. But when you find those Bibles that are yet to be translated and you give to translate, God says, I'm gonna pour back on you. You're building my kingdom. You're taking care of my house, so I'm gonna take care of yours. In Convoy of Hope, I just received a text last night from Bruce Headley, and you know the tornadoes that just ripped through Alabama, Convoy's already ready. To give them clean drinking water, to take care of their needs, to help in disaster relief. And not just that, but in Ukraine, giving blankets and making sure that the refugees have been provided for in that war-torn nation. And so when we pour into Kingdom Builders, when we say we're giving to missions, we're pouring out on Convoy of Hope. And we're saying, God, help us to reach the world. Not just by saying be warm, well fed, and then doing nothing, but we take the time to give of our resources so that they can be blessed. With church planting and development, having served on the board of the state of Alabama for planting local churches, there are cities within our community, the state our nation and literally worldwide we're able to plant churches because of your faithfulness and generosity and each church that has a gospel witness says thank you for being a kingdom builder on every campus kai alpha exists to reach our students when they when we send them to Alabama and Troy and Auburn we're sowing seeds to be able to reach students literally from around the world but specifically those students that we send to have a gospel witness but the vision that God gave when we first arrived was in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 and God said this after you're filled with the spirit The next thing you're going to do, the promise that I have is that you shall be my witnesses first in Jerusalem. Matter of fact, it's interesting that he says first in Jerusalem, which is that location they were in, that smaller geographic portion. But then he said, and then in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts. In essence, what he was saying is you can't win the world without making sure you win your neighbor first. And God, if you're going to do anything in this world, don't pass us by. Do it in Dothan first. Let us be recipients that we might then pour out our lives to the Wiregrass area so that we can give to missions in this city, that we can give to Wiregrass Hope, and we can support adoption, and we can help with those that we did at Christmas, providing Christmas presents for foster kids who don't have any hope. Places like fostering hope. Pure religion is taking care of widows and orphans, and so we pour out in our Kingdom Builders missions giving. We pour out. We pour out each week and feed Dothan. For those of you who've never been a part of it, we give food. Food. To those in need in the Wiregrass area, every week, our feeding program. But it's because of your generosity that we give. Our young people, you may have noticed the empty pews in the front where many of our youth sit. They're at, right now at a deeper conference with Pastors Will and Lindsay. Why? because they want to go deeper in their faith. How many of you know we're raising up a generation of leaders who aren't afraid to name the name of Jesus in their school. And so we pour out on our young people so that they can pour into the next generation. And so many have given to speed the light. We've been helping dig water wells. We've been helping to stop human trafficking. We've been helping to make a difference in providing transportation to those missionaries when they get on the ground so that they can have access to the uttermost parts of the world. And our students and many of us have been pouring out our resources. Why? We're pouring it to build the kingdom of Jesus. And then finally, our kids. We pour our resources into each one of our kids so that they might know the message of Jesus Christ, and they can reach their friends today. It may all look like one thing, Kingdom Builders, and we're not gonna stop giving to Speed the Light or BGMC. We're not gonna stop giving to Convoy of Hope or the 60 plus missionaries that we support, but we're praying, God, help us be Kingdom Builders. There's no greater joy than partnering with God to reach the world. So I want to pray right now of this faith promise card and believe, God, that as we give, that we we give willfully, we give cheerfully, we give faithfully, that we give sacrificially, that we give expectantly. And I'm going to invite you right now as we pray to just simply ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me do? Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask, what would you have me do? And then, Lord, help me to be obedient that this is a faith step for me. Above the tithes and offerings, Lord, we we ask. Show us what would we do, and what can we do. In Jesus' name, the worship team is coming, and they're just. If you'll remain seated, I want you to just, in your heart, begin praying and asking the Lord. Lord, show me. And then, as you fill it out, just say, God, help me, help me. Worship team, would you lead us? with us this time I want you to take that card in your hand I just want you to believe God with us for miracle results that it not just be dollars and cents but that it be a heart and I'm gonna pray over each one today that not only are giving but that we give our life for Jesus Christ you just bow your heads for just a moment there may be some in this room you'd say mark I need Jesus to come into my life and I need to make him Lord of every area of my life that's the most important commitment it's not about dollars and cents it's about a life and if that's you and you'd say mark that's me include me in this prayer I want you to simply pray this out loud after me and I'm gonna invite everybody in the room to pray this but especially those of you who'd say mark I want to commit my life to Him. And those watching online, you can pray this as well. Simply say this, say, Lord Jesus. Come on, let's all say it together. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Give me a fresh start. I choose to trust you with every area of my life. Be Lord of every area. In Jesus' name, amen amen now as we we take these cards god i thank you that we can give cheerfully and now i ask that you would do more with what we give than what we could have done with it ourselves and lord for everything that we might give up (laughs) to give sacrificially i pray you'd make up the difference You said you do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask, think, or imagine. We thank you for that in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In just a moment, I'm gonna release you with a blessing, but you can take these faith promise cards and we're gonna worship on our way out by taking them and placing them in those giving boxes on the way out. But I want you to understand the heartbeat of this house. We wanna be a pass-through account for the biggest, greatest evangelistic effort that has ever been seen by mankind. We want to partner with those that 108 years ago or so made a decision to make some steps to reach the world. And we want to do it with them. We want to partner with them to see what God could do. And I'm believing God's going to pour out his blessing upon you as we trust him. So here's what I'd like for us to do. Those that are first-time guests, we'd be so honored after this service to greet you, to meet you. I'm gonna dismiss some of our leaders. If you'll head back toward our guest reception, Uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, release them at this time. And for those that are some of our greeters, we'll dismiss you as well. We wanna make sure that you receive a friendly greeting on the way out today. But that guest reception da- down the hall and just to the left, you'll see a big sign that says guest reception. We'd be honored to greet you there after the service. Well, this has been a powerful time. Can you take a moment just thank Tom for his influence around the world? Thank you, Tom, for all that you do. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for that powerful word. And we're just going to believe, God, that the ministry that you're providing and helping, that it's going to be exponential in this season. We're believing that for you, for Pam, and of course, for your cohort, who we also love, uh, David Rayleigh. Let's take a moment and receive that blessing from the Lord. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing to your family, to your friends, to your those in your sphere of influence. And I ask, Lord Jesus, would you bless the gift, the giver, and every time we sacrificially give. I bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, God bless you. We love you. Have a Jesus-filled rest of the week. We'll see you hopefully this week in prayer from noon to one. God bless you. You're dismissed.